You're listening to The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, the podcast where small business owners learn to build their business unprofessionally. It's high time to stop stressing about having perfect content and a conventional way to market your business. I want you to embrace your unprofessional side and learn to succeed on your own terms. I'm your host, Feli, a feel-good marketing mentor and the owner of a content repurposing agency, FDVA. Tune in each Thursday when new episodes air and let's build your business unprofessionally. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Unprofessional Entrepreneur. This week, we are diving into one of my favorite things, the more spiritual side, the more creative side of running businesses, of pursuing your dream life. And I am joined by a new-to-me friend, Candice. So I'm very excited to let her introduce herself to all of you so you can get to know her a bit more, too. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to connect with your audience, your orbit. I know your people are good vibes because we're a <laughs> bunch of unprofessional entrepreneurs. So I am Candice Taylor. I call myself Candice the Dream Doula. And really, I'm a psychic leadership strategist for leaders of all types, entrepreneurs, parents, corporate professionals, but I really love to support entrepreneurs and birthing those unique dreams within them um, and also laying to rest the elements of their identities that are not serving the movement and the you know paradigm shifts and the culture disruption that they're desiring to see in the world. Oh, I like that. Can you tell us more about the cultural disruption people want to see in the world? What are people looking for right now in 2023? Mm, I love that question. So I, you know, I've been experiencing like big quantum leaps in my life. I've been experiencing big paradigm shifts. And I think we are seeing the disintegration of capitalism. And, our, you know, the, the, the first response to that was, let's patchwork it together. Like, let's get some grout and put it here. And let's get some like tape and put it over here. And we're realizing that the, the piecemealing is not going to work. Um, and so in terms of culture disruption, it's really rewriting the rules of our society and saying, how do we serve the collective? We're rehabilitating interdependence in a huge way, right? Like the lone wolf energy that, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, that, that ideology, it cultivated a whole bunch of lone wolves. We went in our silos, we worked by ourselves, we were like digging through, trying to figure out every solution to the problem. We're wearing the CEO hat and the marketer hat and the, you know, you get it. And we're, I, I'm seeing a shift, at least a desire to shift around, I can just build a community and tap into the magic and the talents of my community rather than feeling like I have to do all of this by myself. Um, so yeah, definitely rewiring our <laughs> rewiring our ways of working in particular to serve ourselves a lot more and serve the collective a lot more. I really like that because I have recently moved to France <laughs> and I can really see this like old traditional way of operating that we don't really have in Canada and North America because we're a new country. And my father-in-law will do the hardest things in the hardest way and like make his life harder. And my partner's always like, why is he outside at middle of the day, 40 degrees moving rocks? Like 
it's so unnecessary and I'm like he's from a generation that like values suffering like they think their success is like attributed to how much they suffered to get there and I am not of that belief (laughs) and I'm sure he thinks I'm super lazy but I'm also like why would I make my life harder I don't get it and it's just so interesting like what you were just saying like I'm literally watching like my father-in-law versus like me and my partner being like you know you could do it in a different way and like not suffer right (laughs) like it can be easier (laughs) I always tell people suffering is a tool if you're experiencing Mm. suffering it's just trying to get your attention it's not trying to like it doesn't desire to be there forever um and there is there's a purpose to your suffering right like it might be a lesson it might be you understanding your strength and your power it might be you learning to you know ask for support or receive support but it's not meant for you to wear as a as a badge on your chest Mm. it's like i'm a sufferer like i'm so good at suffering and i don't know why we have well, I mean, I do know why we have that culture. It keeps you debilitated um, and it keeps you feeding into a system that is not designed to serve you. But I, I'm excited that the people are waking up to this and wanting to create some shifts there. Yeah, and like wanting to find other ways to operate in spaces that we've always been in, but like, let's just not make it insufferable. <laughs> Um, you made a, I think it was a reel recently where you said cookie cutter self-care and I was like creeping your Instagram last night and I was literally like, okay, I'm asking, like, I I need your explanation of this. What is cookie cutter self-care? Because that just like speaks to me. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. I could talk about this topic forever, but (laughs) what I've noticed with the, the, the wellness industry is a billion dollar industry and it's going to be multi- billions within, you know, the next 10 years. That's what it's predicted. And what I've noticed is it's it's such a powerful tool for, you know, like connecting with ourselves, but it's been so commodified that we feel like we we can only take what's in the stores in order to take care of ourselves, right? And so self-care has become the bath bombs and the bubble bath. It's become the $10,000 wellness retreat. It's become, you know, the, the clothing that we buy that reflects us in the brand photo shoots. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love them all. I have done all of those things, right? Like, and I will continue to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I think when you, when you end up in the hamster wheel of it all and in, in the consumption mode, it becomes cookie cutter, right? It's like literally the peel and stick, peel and bake cookies where you break it up and you put one down and and they all look the same and they all taste the same. Um, Again, nothing wrong with those. I will fuck those cookies up. But can we start to reclaim our our self-care and what I call soul care? Can we go down to like the most unique part of our essence and start to support that person and personalize the approach that's kind of what I'm what I'm calling the leaders that I serve to do right now, because I think it's really easy to stay on that hamster wheel and say, oh, yeah, everyone else in my industry is signing up for this tre- retreat so that I have to sign up for this retreat, too, because that's where I need to be. Or, um, you know, every Sunday I do this same ritual like you don't have to fucking journal because everybody else is journaling. Maybe that's not 
the way that you can get in touch with yourself best. For me, it's movement. I literally pull God's presence into my body when I move. And I've been that way since I was three years old. And like, so when someone tells me, you know, you have to do manifestation journaling to get access to the vision of your life. I'm like, no, that's just not going to work for me. Cause I know how to receive spirit. I know how to connect with my highest self. And it's, it's not through journaling. That's more <laughs> of a catch all for me. I, again, I love journaling. It's a great tool, but I know because I'm in touch with my unique soul blueprint and my unique soul essence, I know how each tool is designed to serve me. And it's not a one size fit all. I love that because like I work in marketing and I always say like, there's no such thing as a one size fits all. There's no such thing as a copy paste strategy. And so I really resonate with what you're saying about like self care and soul care, because what works for one person isn't going to work for everyone. And I feel like we really did get into this space of like, okay, everybody should be gratitude journaling. Everybody should be meditating for five minutes. Everybody should be doing like XYZ, follow this step-by-step plan and then you'll be doing self-care and you'll feel good. And it's like, well, no, like some people need something else (laughs) for their soul to feel good for them to, like you say, call in spirit and connect with yourself because it's like some people need movement. Some people need silence. Some people want to treat themselves and have that like feeling of luxury to feel like they're treating themselves. And it's like, I do think that everything in life should be customized to the person and self-care is no different. Yeah. You know, something that's sticking out as you, as you share that is we, the one size fits all approach also has a very specific archetype. And because of the, you know, historical legacies that our societies and the lineage of that historical legacy, it's often white it's often able-bodied, it's often um, thin, and the discomfort of trying to squeeze yourself into something you're not, even through these tools that are designed, that in theory are supposed to empower you, like how excruciating is that? Going back to this suffering, right? So then people end up living in shame because the manifestation process is not working for them, or they end up still perpetuating misery because they're like, I fucking hate sitting in a chair to do this work, right? Like I want to be up and on my feet. And so we perpetuate um, dislike of ourselves. We perpetuate like feeling like we're failures because these models were never designed for us. And when we can reclaim again, these empowerment tools and say, no, how do, how do I want to engage with self-care? How do I want to engage with my soul? Um, it, it just it just changes our relationship to ourselves and our and our ability to own who we are and yeah, embrace can, who we are. I can definitely see how it can perpetuate shame. Um, I actually did a call with I, I know you know her, Alyssa, all about like shame and entrepreneurship because it's like when you're doing that thing that you're being told works, like just do the gratitude journal every day and you'll manifest ten thousand dollars. And then when it doesn't happen you're asking yourself, like, what did I do wrong? This person said that it works. So what is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong for it to not work when it's actually the tool? It had nothing to do with you in the first place. It's that that wasn't your way to experience a quantum leap. That wasn't your way to manifest the next thing. And it's just so interesting 
to see because like when you were saying like it's white it's able-bodied it's like these things I'm like seeing the people in my head who are like putting the message out in the world and it's exactly that it's 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 not it's never a take this and make it what you will it's always follow my strategy and that is something that really annoys me in the online space (laughs) ditto (laughs) drives me batshit crazy. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And you know, it's interesting. When you go to like build a house, there's a set of tools that you would use, right? And like, you're not going to hammer when you want to cut something in half. And so people give us these cookie cutter strategies for self-care and for creating a relationship with ourselves. And they're like, here, take my hammer and cut this thing in half. And then we feel bad because yeah, it doesn't work. Like, I smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> now I have nothing. Now yeah. I hate myself. Wow, that's interesting. And we're surprised. So yeah, I um, I love that our spirits are just like resonating on, on this theme. <laughs> I'm curious, like what impact do you see the current self-care industry having on people, but like especially having on entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. I think that it minimizes the effort of self-care, how commodified it is. We think we can just take a bath and we're going to be all set. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and, and like, honestly, if you think about, I love taking baths, so this is not knocking them, but like, you just sit in, you just sit in your dirty water. I hate like, that. On, <laughs> I love them so much. And I'm like, you're not clean after you take a bath, no, right? You need to shower. And, <laughs> you need to shower. Um, and it, it is for rest. It is for relaxing. But I think it, it creates this like disillusionment, right? It creates this um, literal delusion where we think that we have taken care of ourselves, but we have, we have not got, gotten down to the root cause. And so it ends, we end up in these shame spirals. I know this has come up for you before, but like that is really loud for me at the, we, we think we're solving the problem and we're really just putting a bandaid over it. And it, it's, it's not shifting. It's not healing. It's not transforming. Um, so that's definitely something I'm, I'm seeing it create this like disillusionment that, that entrepreneurs are like, well, I've done the work I'm doing it. I, I, carve out the time every single week and I do my fitness classes and I drink the smoothies and the shakes and the happy juice and I'm doing it. I'm showing up. And then they're not seeing the shifts that they desire because they're not speaking to the soul's need, right? Like entrepreneurs are still fucking anxious as hell. We're, we're they're still navigating depression and it's like not turning off their alarm clock when it's going, when it's going off, you, you turn it off. You don't just, keep pressing snooze forever. And so the self-care industry is making entrepreneurs press snooze rather than turning off the alarm clock. This is really reminding me of a conversation I had completely different context because I was talking about marketing, but I was saying, like we were saying how people are looking for the solutions instead of looking at the problem first. So it's like people are just like putting band-aids and checking boxes to like the solution list of like the solution is to journal. The solution is to 
like meditate, but it's like, wait, what's your problem? What's the problem? What are you trying to connect to? What are you trying to work through? And once you know that, then you can look at what your solution is. But until you know your actual problem, it won't work. And I feel like nobody wants to slow down and stop and be like, wait, what is the problem? They all just want to jump to the solution. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I think it's, that also ends up perpetuating the overexertion of effort, right? Like a lot of us have very easy business ideas, Mm -hmm. very easy um, business models available to us. But because we have this like consumption culture, we consume all the self-care, we consume all the freebies, we can like, we're, it's just, it's like we're engorging ourselves with, with energy that we then have to hold all of it. Um, and, and I think a lot of us are really oversaturated and it's because we're problem avoidant and we're not getting to the, to, to the heart of the matter. Like, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It shouldn't be hard in my, in my, my opinion. Did I answer your question? I think so. <laughs> I was like, I just got, I went on a hot take rant. <laughs> I, I know. I was like, sure. what was even my original question here? <laughs> but I wanted to ask now that we've like discussed <laughs> so much that is wrong with society and the world and where we're heading. But you mentioned that you have a soul care framework. So can you tell us what it is, what your framework includes, what that entails? Absolutely. So I wanted to create a really simple, you know, guideline that's also an iterative process that we can walk ourselves through as leaders um, to really, you know, be intentional about the tools that we're using for self-care. And so that's where this soul care framework, um, you know, came came to be. The the first layer of this is self-intimacy and self-exploration. Um, so many of us do not know ourselves and we think we do. And I always use the metaphor, um, you know, know yourself like the back of your hand. People will say, oh, I do. But then have you actually looked at the back of your hand? Have you ever looked at how many lines and indents and blemishes and scars that are there? Do you know yourself that well? No. Because it's impossible to know and hold and remember all of those details. And that's why it's important to, um, you know, iteratively come back to yourself and have rituals and have processes that you um, you are conducting to engage and connect with yourself. And a lot of this in my work with my clients is psychic is um, channeled, is spiritual. I use astrology. I use prayer. I use tarot. And we're very creatively meeting them where they are um, and meeting the parts of themselves that they're often quieting or are speaking quietly and there's so much noise around so they can't hear, right? Like, Mm. what is that part of you saying? That unique soul essence is always talking to you. And usually you've turned the volume down or the volume around you of other things is too loud for you to hear that part of you. Um, so that's the first layer of the work. And then the second layer of this framework is soul aligned strategy. So starting to look at what are the action steps that I need to take that align with what I just learned about my soul. So if I identify, you know, in my self intimacy work that I have a problem, I'm going to use myself as an example right now. Um, I have a problem with just 
you know, perfectionism is coming, creeping back up in my business. And I have a problem with taking action sometimes before it feels perfect or before I have the whole vision. And spirit has really been nudging me through mentors, through one-on-one, you know, time. Like, it's not going to be fucking perfect. You're going to mess your way up to the movement. You're, it's going to be a hot mess express. And that's okay. You're not here to, to create imperfection, um, that's not interesting to you. So why are you still pursuing that, right? Um, Based on understanding that that's my current problem, I then have to design strategy that aligns with that, right? So I have to force myself to, in five minutes, write a social media post and fucking post it. Typos, ugly fonts, ugly graphics, it goes out there, right? Like I have to, I have to push myself and, and it's just uncomfortable. It makes me nervous. Ooh, like I, I have like the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it, which it probably tell, tells me my soul is like, go for it, go do that shit right now. Um, but some, oftentimes folks are doing things that are incongruent with their actual problem, which we just, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about a little bit before. It's like, I know I have a problem with perfectionism. So I'm going to, by a social media like pack designed by some graphic designer that doesn't align with me and that's going to solve my perfectionism problem like it's going to make me faster at getting things out Mm. there and it's still pretty I'm like no those are incongruent so it's not going to serve my soul and I'm still going to have the same problem and I'm still going to feel the same way as a result of having that problem Um, so that's layer two of the framework and then layer three of the framework is self-acknowledgement and affirmation this is something that Every entrepreneur I know struggles with. Um, we are not good about celebrating ourselves. We're not good about affirming the work that we're doing. We are jumping onto the next thing. We have a $100 day and we're like, well, you know, it's, it's 100 toward my 5k goal. And I'm like, bitch, that's $100 that you didn't, that you made appear. You did that. Can we pause and slap yourself on the ass and like celebrate the fact that you you took your creative genius and you made you made something out of it. Mm-hmm. Like that is not to be skipped over. And I think we're under we're undervaluing the potent power of creativity, and we're and we're not celebrating it and, and acknowledging it enough. And so um, the framework really makes that an integral part of your your lifestyle and your lived experience to say, no, I'm going to pause every client call that I have at the end of the session. I make them affirm themselves and not because of something you did two years ago, not something that you did, you know, last month, what from this call, from this session, from this 90 minutes together, can you acknowledge yourself for, can you affirm yourself for? And, you know, when we first start working together, it's often, I don't know, I can't think of anything. And I'm like, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. I'll make the time. I'll show up to late to the next call. No problem. Um, and, and eventually over time, it, I can see the light that it creates for people. And it's, it, it's really, it, we then build this arsenal of evidence for a new truth about ourselves when we do that work, right? It's like, I have this hypothesis that I'm a genius and every single day I create evidence mm-hmm. and I acknowledge the evidence and then I believe I'm a genius. Simple as that. So that, those are the three steps, self-intimacy, soul-aligned strategy, and self-acknowledgement and affirmation. I love it. I love it. That was good. And that was a good explanation. And I think people will 
be able to identify where they're at <laughs> in the three phases, you know, in the three mm-hmm. steps, because it's, you're like you said, it's not easy to celebrate yourself. It's funny because I find like, like I run kind of like a dual business. So I have an agency and I work as a marketing mentor. And on like the one side, I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking great at my agency. My agency is a powerhouse. And then like as a marketing mentor, I'm like, it's chill. <laughs> and so it's like, you'll always have those blocks with yourself of like, this area needs more work. Even if you think you've got it all figured out because you made it through your perfectionism when it came to speaking on podcasts, maybe you haven't made it through it when it's Instagram or when it's yep. coaching calls or, you know, so yep. it's like, there's always, there's always more work to be done. <laughs> well, then it becomes like, like, it's, it's so strange to me that people are like, okay, I solved the problem. I'm never coming back to it again. Like you don't, you don't eat a meal and say, I'm never going to eat again now because I've had a meal. <laughs> you know that you're going to eat again tomorrow or later on that day. And so I think that this work, like I'm trying to create a conditioning um, for leaders where we have the expectation that we will do this work in the same way that we will feed ourselves. This is nourishment Mm -hmm. and it should be cyclical and it should be evergreen. Do you have anything else you want to say? I'm curious for for you, what, what questions around your own, self-care what are your self-care challenges what are the the self-care roadblocks that you've been experiencing or you you have experienced in the past you know I read this book I don't know two weeks ago and it was saying like one of the biggest problems people have is you turn to the self-care when you're feeling down but you don't use the self-care when you're up And so it's like, you don't stop meditating just because you feel good now, you know, like it should be almost a continuous practice, whatever your self-care choice is. And that is something that I really see within myself. I really like journaling. I feel really good after journaling and I like to like self-coach in my journal. I like to ask myself questions. I like to write out, I'm a big list writer. Um, And I can see when I stop journaling how like backed up full of thoughts my head gets and mm-hmm. like reading that book I was like okay it makes total sense like I turn to my journal when I'm feeling down or when I'm frustrated or when I'm angry but I don't turn to it when I'm really happy or when I'm excited and so it's like I think for me my two self-care things is like getting a little bit more consistent because I can see the I can see the difference Yep. But also yeah. finding a way to get movement when it's like right now it's 40 degrees outside. It's 100 degrees in Fahrenheit. So it's like I'm not going outside. <laughs> and so I need something else. <laughs> and I feel like yep. before it was 40 degrees, I was going on walks and then it was too hot to go on walks. So I was going swimming and now it's too hot to go swimming until late at night. So now I'm just kind of doing nothing all day long and I'm like I can feel like my energy getting like and I need to find that Mm -hmm. way that I can continuously move I guess I need to like prioritize it it doesn't have to be the same thing every time you know but that's what I I feel like every time I get into a rhythm and it's the same journaling every time I get into a rhythm and my rhythm gets interrupted it takes me so long to get back to it yeah I hear that big time Oof, 
<laughs> you know, I, I always talk about how do you how do you know when your your soul care system is optimized, right? And one of those things is like your soul care or your self-care is not punitive, which is mm-hmm. kind of what you're speaking to. Like I've gotten to a low moment and now I have to take care of myself because yeah, I've been yeah. bad. Um, you know, and that's like a call out. Like, okay, I, I get to I get to tinker with the the process. One thing that speaks to this consistency, for whatever reason, and I think this is probably because the, you know, the wellness industry and like fitness industry wants us to come to wants us to come into their businesses and like mm-hmm. take the group coaching classes and, and buy the gym membership. But we have this conditioning that unless you have like 45 minutes to an hour to take care of yourself, you can't take care of yourself. Um, and so that this often comes in with prayer. I'm like from a Pentecostal church up, upbringing and prayer is an hour to four hours. And I'm like, I don't always have that. Right. So my personal, it's a lot. Um, so part of my, customization and personalization of my soul care is like, okay, what can I do in 30 seconds? What movement can I do in 30 seconds that would be nice for me? I get up and do 30 seconds of jumping jacks. I call it jumping jack o'clock, right? And it has the same impact on your personal well-being as the 30 minutes. I promise mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It will get you in that, you know, that state shift, that energetic shift that you're desiring, which ultimately will help you stay consistent. So, you know, I think we can take the pressure off of ourselves. You don't have to have a full day for rest. You don't have to have a full hour for, you know, the fitness. You don't have to have a full 30 minutes for the journaling. You can think about the minimum viable product of your self-care. What can I do right now in this one minute that I have? And it will nourish you as much as the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I agree because it comes back to the priority prioritization of the activity of the event but do you have anything any final thoughts any final things you'd like to share before I ask my final question I just I'm inviting us in this season and maybe this is a 30-day challenge for you know for folks that are listening to this like can we take the pressure off Mm. I think we forget, like the diamonds are there. We're like, diamonds are, you know, are created with, with under pressure. Under pressure. Mm-hmm. You've been under pressure. Mm-hmm. The diamonds are there. Fucking start shining those things and like <laughs> take the pressure off. Can we commit to that? I don't know. I, like that's just being channeled right now. But I think entrepreneurs, we've put in the effort. We have done the hard work. Can we take the pressure off and like fucking enjoy the businesses that we created? Some of us are hating our businesses. Why do that? I, I, I think that's that paradigm shift energy that and the culture disruption. We don't have to be miserable anymore. Like we get to we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. That's it. I, I love it. I agree. I'm all about building feel good businesses. So it's like if it doesn't feel good. Why are you doing it? Um, the last question and the most important question that I ask everyone who comes on this show is what makes you an unprofessional entrepreneur? I was thinking about that. I was like literally fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I, there's, I'm writing my own rule book and I'm writing it as I go. And um, that means that sometimes I just like completely get up and abandon my business and I go and work on Broadway 
and I go to London to work on a musical and I go to work in my nine to five job because just because I'm like, I have a gift and I know it will be good for that company. So I'm going to get a nine to five job. I do not like the consistency. I don't, that's different. That's different for me. And I'm not playing by the rules that somebody else wrote for consistency. Um, so that's my, that's my unprofessional entrepreneurship. Like I just do whatever the fuck I want and I don't lord it over myself. I don't make myself feel guilty for it. I love it. I don't think we should feel guilty for putting ourselves first, for doing what we want. Like it's our life. <laughs> um, but you could tell, could you, blah. could you tell the people where to find you, what you're up to on the online space? Yep. Absolutely. So I'm Candice the Dream Doula on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, and I'm Candace Taylor on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is actually my primary social media. I'm obsessed with it. Another like Candid. weird, <laughs> like, it's a weird uh, plot twist for me. So those are the places that you can connect with me. And I really would encourage you to reach out to me. In fact, anyone who's listening to this, if you DM me, I will do um, a, a, like an intuitive reading for you. So that will either be a tarot card pull or an astrology pull or just, um, you know, divinely channel, channeled message. So if there's something that you're like, it, it could be self-care related or not, something in your business, something in your life that you would like clarity or insights on, I got you. Send me a DM and let me know that you found me here. I would love to connect and engage with your, your peeps. Um, but really just looking to support more people in integrating this soul care framework because it's simple, but there can be a lot of inner resistance to it at first. Um, it, for whatever reason, cultivating ease in our lives, we're like, no, I can't do that. It can't be easy. And so I hold a lot of my clients through that of like just allowing your life to be pleasurable and simple and um, dialing down to this kind of work. So if you know that you're ready to make a shift with your self-care and your soul care and you're ready to do it holistically, um, I would love to kind of bring you into my orbit and serve you in that way. I love that. That's beautiful. And all of that will be linked in the show notes and that's all we have for you. So I'm going to leave the episode there. Thank you so much for coming and for sharing. And I'm sure we'll talk more on Instagram. (laughs) Oh yeah. I want to do a channel. I want to do a channel strategy thing for you. So we'll be chatting on Instagram for sure. I am not against that. <laughs> all right, well that's all I have for all of you today. I am so grateful for all of you for listening and I hope you liked this interview with my guest. If you do, head to the show notes and check them out. And of course, don't forget to check me out and slide into my DMs. Let's shoot the shit and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from today. But as always, I'm going to love you and leave you with the reminder that I'll see you in two days on Thursday with my solo episode. And of course, don't forget to stay unprofessional. Mm-hmm.